Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports for the Max on the air. Baseball's back. Labor agreement reached. Twins on News Talk 830 WCCO. Dave St. Peter will join us a bit later to tell you, the fans, what you need to know. It's also the heart of the basketball season for those that are still left alive. Gophers got bounced last night. We've got some good high school basketball going on. And of course, the Timberwolves are on a roll. They're not a better guy to talk to about all of the above than Terry Coonsey, longtime coach here, star Duluth East back in the day, and a Gopher star, and a guy that loves basketball more than anybody I know. In fact, tonight we find him in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And you say, what's Terry doing in Sioux Falls, South Dakota? Terry, what are you doing in Sioux Falls, South Dakota? We're going to go to the regional uh, tournament for the Division Two teams, and cool. Minnesota's really doing well. They've got four of the eight spots locked up. They were had the one seed, the two seed, the three seed, and Moorhead won the tournament, so they got the four seed, and so it'll be interesting to see how good the outstate teams are. How, how, who's the best team you've seen in the NSIC so far? Well, I would, you know, UMD's had a great year. They're like 24 and 5, uh, but they lost a good player. I hope he plays, but Augustana is rated number five in the country. Yeah. And I think they're like 25 and, and 3. They got upset by Moorhead in the tournament, and that allowed Moorhead to make the brackets, and, and Augustana goes because they're rated number one, and they get to host the tournament. Yeah, they got that wrench kid coming, Sam Wrench from Hutchinson. I saw him a couple weeks ago. He's a good they got, player. They got more than that. They got they got Ingrid from six uh, nine from Edina. They got uh, who McDonald's, who did they get from Edina? Five guard from Ingrid, the the six nine forward. Okay. Uh, and they got McDonald from Hibbing. Yep. And they coach's got, kid, uh, the big kid from uh, uh, was Logie. Is it Logie from Logie uh, from Morris? Yes, they yep. got him too. Dad is so good they're player they're loaded. They they've got. Uh, but but what might happen though is they they may get raided by D ones after one year through the portal. You know that. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So if if you're the Gophers, Terry, and and you see what you just saw this season, and you know a lot about the recruiting class with Farrell coming in, Carrington, et cetera, et cetera, I think they got to go heavy on the portal to be competitive next year. What do you think? I. I don't think anybody can win with freshmen anymore, Mike. Because no. uh, there's too much too much movement of, of the of the of the seniors, and you need maturity. But but I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, Payne is 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 a Big Ten player. I'm not Park Cottage Grove kid. Yep, Feral Payne. Yep. And I think Carrington. I think Carrington is going to start at the point. He's six foot five. He's a great shooter. Plays within the system. 
great defender. He he has really got potential. I think his upside is maybe NBA. I I, I really like the kid. I've seen him sit five or six times. Yeah. He lets the game come to him too, doesn't he? That's right. You know, they they get a blowout ninety to forty, and he's right with everybody else. Eighteen, nineteen points. Yeah. But they, as a team, Mike, they probably got the best defense I've seen in ten years. That good, huh? Yeah, believe me. Well, that point guard they got that's going to San Jose to Tim Miles, pretty good too. <laughs> I know they they are uh, they've got at least three D ones, and they've got a you know Mikado was there the other day, so they're they're loaded. They just they just suffocate you. They're six five and long, and they run the floor and they're unselfish and. They're going to be a they're going to be a tough out in the tournament. Well, I, I tell you, as you look at that boys' tournament in the sections, Tatino Grace uh, got beat last year by Minnehaha Academy in the in the section final. It could have been a state championship game, at, really, at any class. Now this year, they're in there with Columbia Heights. Columbia Heights has been as good as anybody in the state in any class. How do you see that one, Mike? Grace has probably more talent than anybody in the state. They they go at six ten, six nine. Six eight, they got a five star junior guard at six five. Jason Chatham, yeah. They got a six five other four, and they played. Elk River played them to a three three overtime game. Yep. Uh, they th- there's something wrong there. They're just not. They're just not. They're just not playing. I I went to the Cal. You know, Caledonia is, D- is Division two. You know. Yes, and, with, uh, uh, Caledonia with played at them at uh, Grace. Grace was up. Fifty to thirty at half, and lost by one. The Caledonia. How, how good is that King that kid, King kid that's playing at Caledonia? He's he's a good athlete. He, uh, you know, I question whether he's a point guard, but he's a real good athlete. Uh, uh, not very big. I thought he might be bigger. He's six three, uh, and I think he might have trouble at Iowa State. And depending where they playing, you know. They, you get to that level. Grace has got a kid by the name of Watkins. Watson, Demarius uh, Watson, big big time shooter. Yep. Yep. I mean, big big time, Mike. But you know, he he's allergic to the rebound. He doesn't get any rebounds. He just kind of waits for his three point shot. But I mean, he's an athlete, great defender too. So I, you know, they've got some players. You know, they got the, the Lee kid going to St. Thomas, and St. Thomas picked up the big kid from Wyzetta. Yep, uh, and they got a really good player in blue at uh, Eastridge. Yeah, and so they got they, Dre they Dobbs to transfer back from Liberty. Yes, but remember this: he was not playing a lot at Liberty, so you know the transfer portal is really good. You know, sometimes you don't click with the coach. Sometimes a lot of things come up. Uh, maybe you're behind one guy, and you know the transfer portal uh, is the way to go. And I, and I tell you what, it's really tough on coaches. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be tough how you handle your seventh, eighth, and ninth man. Oh, yeah. He could leave. He could leave. And and the way it is right now on, on a big-time program, Mike, if you don't start as a freshman, you better leave because you're probably never going to start unless you're six or seven foot and you get better. But it, it's, it's become a – College basketball has become a business, Mike. Well, no, but but the, that's why the Gophers are going to have to go out and get some big guys, right? I mean, they're going to have to get some six nine two forty type guys to play in the Big Ten next year from the transfer portal. I think. But but I'll tell you I'll tell you what I I think uh, I really believe Ben will get it done. I I just really believe he will. I think he's got a he's recruited. I don't know how good the kid from Osseo is that he recruited. He's yeah, he went to prep school. Point. Yeah. 
and uh, but I I think he, you know, when when these schools hire coaches like the Gophers, you've got to hire an assistant. Yep. Because the assistant knows all the AAU program people, right? And that'd be Dave Thorson. He knows how to recruit. He's he's in the mix, and. All these great coaches at one time were hired as assistants. Yeah, and I think uh, they made uh, Mark made a good hire, and I think I think Ben will get it done. I think uh, Thorson is a is a is a great bench coach. I I, I like them, and I think uh, with what they had, they couldn't do better. Mike, you you can't play guys forty minutes and not lose in the last five. The legs get tired. And so I, I just thought they had a great year for what they had. And I, and I think, uh, you know, they were competitive in many games till the end. And I, I think uh, that Ben is too good a recruiter, and I think they're working awful hard. Yeah, who's this kid at Jefferson, the sophomore, the best sophomore in the state the other day? Uh, he scored 40 the other night for Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, he's been scoring that way all year. Free Kang, I think. Yeah, Free Kang, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah he's, you know, we We've got good players in the state. Trevor Winters gets a good player at Lakeville. Yeah. North. Now you got to beat Wisconsin for him, right? I mean, because Wisconsin yeah. has come into the South Suburbs and just wreaked havoc on the Gophers. They just steal what well, they want with those big guys. It, 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 Patino, it, Patino couldn't recruit anybody. I, I, I think Ben Johnson is going to going to going to do well in the state of Minnesota, and I, I just think that uh, that we. I'll tell you the the player that's really changed and improved is is Prince Legby from Minnehaha. Yeah, go I really BC. believe he. I will. I believe he will be the starting uh, forward for uh, for uh, Boston College next year. Yeah, he's averaging twenty eight and a half a game, and of course, Mini Terry uh, is our guest, basketball extraordinaire. But Minnehaha lost, and then the point guard uh, Masterpiece kid left in the middle of the season, huh? They had some problems, yeah, and also. Who's the gopher uh, basketball player that kid played for Minnehaha? He's a football player. He, yeah, he didn't go out. Uh, no, oh, no, I'm you mean about, Randy Carter's kid. Yeah, he yeah, went early to play football at Michigan yeah. State. Yeah. I, I saw the, I saw the, uh, the Minnehaha and uh, Park Cottage Grove game. Yeah. And both uh, Payne and Legby had 31 apiece. Ooh, that's playing, man. Uh, why is Wisconsin back and so good this year? I thought they were ready to take a dive. You know, Mike, if if you look at their personnel, they're not that good. I, I don't know how they do it. It must be guys doing a great coaching job. You know, they've got one big time player, and Davis, who is a big time player. Yep. But other than that, I mean. The other guys aren't great players, but they just, you know, they, what they do, they get you into this, uh, you walk it up here and I'll walk it down there and we'll take our time and use it 35 seconds and shoot it. And pretty soon you don't have many shots and a missed shot starts starts to take its toll because you're afraid to miss them. And they get you in that kind of a walk-up game and they're good at it. They, they control the ball. They don't turn the ball over. But they're, they're a team that could get beat in the first round. Sure, they could. They could be by a ten seed. You know, one of those things. That's that great. that, that That's kind of great. thing. But yeah. how how do you recruit? To, you know, most kids want to get up and down and whatnot. How do you, how do you sell that? Well, what kids has he recruited that wants to get up and down? <laughs> That's what you do. You recruit kids that don't need to get up and down, huh? 
No, no, he doesn't have any of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, but you know, they, they're effective. They're hard. To, they're hard to prepare for, and they're they're on the boards. And uh, got to give them credit. They're they're tough. Terry Kunze's our guest. You know, you know when the Gophers look at the transfer portal, everybody always looks for Minnesotans. Kerwin Walton sitting out there in North Carolina, and he was really good at Hopkins, and he's had some ups and downs there. Would he be the kind of guy you'd look to? I would look for him. And the other guy to look for, you're forgetting Garcia. Garcia's playing for North Carolina as well. Well, Garcia left. He had some, there was some illness in the family. I didn't he know did that. Not finish, he did not finish his, the year there. I think there's a guy that you should focus on. Where do you find six nine, six tens that can play? Oh, they're talking I mean, about him being a first round pick when he went to Marquette. I, I'm sure that they've got to be recruiting him. I, you know, and we're not going to know who they're recruiting. They, 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 you know, that's kind of uh, they do what they got to do. They don't say a lot because they don't want anybody else to know. And uh, but I, I really believe they're going to bring some people in that that are are decent. As a former college coach, what were your impressions of Mike Krzyzewski as his career winds down? Well, you got you know what you, when you in the, when you're in that business for as long as Mike is and, I, and are still sane, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's quite a tribute. I he's had a great career, uh, you know, and and, and uh, there's not I don't think there'll be another one like him. Uh, he you know he, the the respect he commands. Coached at all levels, coached the Olympic team, and and uh, really kind of a fiery guy. A friend of mine was at one of his clinics, and he doesn't horse around. When he gets the coaches at the table, they say, "Who's it? who's our three men? Give me the three men." He put them on the board. He doesn't take. He he he's a he's a tough nut. Yeah, to stay on top. Remember, it's always easier to get on top than to stay on top. That's right. And he's seventy five years old. That's that's right. I'll tell you what, he's done a pretty good job of recruiting Minnesota, hasn't he, over the years? Yes, he has. You, you he's know, got he, that Theo John there right now. He does his homework, you know. Those, the, you know, the thing of it is, you've recruiting now is just it's it's slanted too much to the big time programs. You know, where they cut they cut contacts uh, when you can see a kid, when you cannot see a kid, how much contact you can have with a kid. And that only makes it better for the big programs because the smaller programs, you know, they, they get a kid. Believe it or not, a lot of kids go to school because of the assistant coach, not the head coach. Sure. A lot of them. That I relationship, mean, right? That's right. And, and it's harder to, 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 to have a relationship. And I think the other thing that kills it is, is you know, the, the Internet and Facebook and all that stuff is, it's a, it's a different it's a different era today, Mike. How long before St. Thomas is competitive? Do you think in their league? Well, I you know that is not really a strong league, Mike. Yeah, uh, I would think that you know they were competitive with some teams early, and what they did, they you know they had some great shooters. Yes, but they they were not great athletes. They were great shooters, and what teams did, they started letting the post go one-on-one and didn't get off the shooters until they had trouble scoring down the road. But I think probably three or four years. And, and you know, if this kid that they've got now develop, um, you know, I, I mean, they can play with mo- most of those teams. It's just a question of getting some big guys like everybody else, but they'll have no trouble getting guards, huh? Well, you know, the, 
You know, the thing about guards, I, I love Blue from Eastridge because he's six six and does everything the six footer can do. Yeah. Uh, plus, you can switch on him. You don't have to worry about him switching on a forward. Uh, I think it's always best to get the biggest guard possible that can play do the things a little guard can do. But uh, no, I mean he's a good coach, and you know they 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 shoot the ball well. But his team's going to change. He's got a six nine and a six ten coming in, Mike. Yeah. Yep, and and the six six, and the six six, and and that'll change things quickly. Last question for Terry. They they honored the the forty years later the nineteen eighty two Big Ten championship team. You recruited a lot of those guys in the uh, number one recruiting class in the country at the time. If I was to say, okay, Mark Hall, Leo Routens, Trent Tucker, Gary Holmes, um, Daryl Mitchell. And remember this: we had Kevin Stallings too. He left. Kevin Stallings too. Okay, who who was the, who was the best coming out of high school of those guys you recruited? I would say Routens. Routens was coming. Routens coming out of high school. Probably the, the bet most recruited player in America when he when he came out. You know, he's six, seven, six, eight guard, uh, and uh, he left when I went to East Carolina. He left Minnesota. Yep. And that you know, I I I, I was recruited him. I, I don't think a day went by that I did not talk to him, hmm. or he got something in the mail. And the big joke was, I always said, Leo, remember this. We're going to give you number eleven. <laughs> That's the number he wanted, yeah. and uh, and we 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 were lucky to get him. You know, there were there, everybody wanted him. Would would Mark Hall have been an NBA player? He could have been. Yes, he yes. was that good. Mark, uh, he 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 was a tremendous athlete, suspect shooter. Yeah, he's a little bit like uh, King. King is a very good athlete, Mike. But again, he. He's a little bit of a suspect shooter, too. Okay. I, you know, in today's game, you have to shoot. Got to shoot. You, you gotta the shoot. game's changed. I the like that changed. part of it, yep. Hey, Terry, uh, you got to get into that game, but I appreciate it very much. We'll do it again soon. I just love your wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much. Have a good time tonight. Hey, thank you, Mike. You take care. Nice talking to you. You too. Terry Kunze, the one and only. I love tapping into those people that really know the game. He knows the game a way that most people don't know the game. And that's why it's fun to visit with Terry Kunze because he goes out and watches all these games. And he was a really good player, so he understands what it's like to play the game. Back after this. Oh, doesn't that sound good? Major League Baseball, the Minnesota Twins are back in business. Collective bargaining agreement reached. Twins will commence spring training with players reporting on Sunday, and away we go. Joining us, Twins President Dave St. Peter. And uh, uh, Dave, I know (laughs) this has been a long time coming for you as you make plans and and, and redesign and all those things. Did you get a pretty good feel this week that it could be coming to an end or close, or how did you feel? Hey, Mike, it's good to be with you tonight. Yeah, you know, I, I think we were, we were frankly, pretty optimistic a week ago that we were on the cusp of a deal. But coming into this week, when we saw some of the momentum with some of the back and forth, uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was convinced we, we had a deal yesterday, to be honest. And the fact that it didn't manifest itself in a deal was just an incredible gut punch, Not, you know, for us. But I can only imagine how fans felt about it. Um, but 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 to the union's credit, I think that you know they 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 ensured that the uh, that the negotiations didn't end there and pushed really hard over the course of the night and into the day and we got to a better spot around uh, some really important topics. So really happy we got a deal done. We're able to do it in a way that preserves 162 games and 
really uh, little impact here in Minnesota. We're going to open the season on April 7th. It'll be opening day. That's uh, a Thursday, right? We're always scheduled to open on April 7th. So really no change for our fans here in Minnesota. And we have work to do as a team, and I think the next uh, three, five, seven days are going to be unprecedented in Major League Baseball. More than 300 free agents will need to sign. I think you'll see a number of trades. And uh, you mentioned players reporting Sunday. We expect a good chunk of our players to be in camp uh, as early as tomorrow uh, in Fort Myers. And uh, we could we can't wait to see them. Let's get going. Now, now David, so basically, if, if you have a twin schedule, for say, for example, does it just start on April 7th? Where, wherever you happen to land on April 7th is where it starts. And, and where do you make up the game? What happens here? I mean, is it the schedule as you know it, if you look at it, except for the first week? Yeah. Yeah, for regular season, that is accurate. So really, the only thing that, 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 that needs to be rescheduled is the first week. We had three games to open the season in Chicago against the White Sox. Those games are going to be moved to the end of the season, so we'll we'll play three games in Chicago to conclude the regular season on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then the games we were scheduled to play the Guardians in Cleveland, uh, it's my understanding, are going to be made up uh, over the course of the season when we visit Cleveland. Uh, I expect we're going to play uh, uh, you know, some doubleheaders or look for some mutual off days, uh, et cetera. So, um, more info on those games to come in the next couple of days. Uh, and I might add, we will have a completely new spring training schedule. So, Oh, that's going to be redone completely, huh? Schedule. Yeah, it will be. It will be. And we'll play 18 uh, spring training games, nine uh, at the Lee County Sports Complex, nine on the road. It'll be a regional-type schedule, so a lot of games against Boston and, and Tampa and probably uh, Atlanta, who now called Northport home. So we expect to start spring training games uh, on March 18th. So. Uh, that information will come out in the next uh, day or so as well. Okay, of the rules that you saw, the DH goes to the National League, two nine-inning games uh, instead of seven-inning on, on doubleheaders, some of that stuff. What, was there anything that struck you as this is something the fans are really going to be interested in in terms of a rule change uh, that will either change the way they view a game or change you know, the way they watch uh, transactions and everything else? Yeah, I think there's a number of things. I, I do think the universal DH is long overdue. I think expanded playoffs are going to be great. I think the format is wonderful. Um, I know we we talked about 14 teams. We landed at 12. I think it's still going to be great. And I think it's going to create opportunities, uh, you know, maybe even in Minnesota for for teams to, to, to make the postseason and, and get on a run. Um, one little thing, Mike, that hasn't gotten a lot of publicity is the schedule next year will be less, uh, will be, will be uh, even more unbalanced in the sense that we're going to play every team in baseball once. So you're going to see the Twins play every team in the National League mm. and every team in the American League. So the schedule will change. And uh, each and every year we'll play the Dodgers. Each and every year we'll play the Giants. Ah. Uh, one, well, you know, it'll rotate whether we play them in L.A. or San Francisco. But I think that's a smart move. It gives our fans ability to see every team in baseball every season. And uh, over the course of two years, you'll see everybody come to Target Field. Yes, that's kind of like um, the NBA or the wonderful. NHL that way, right? I mean, you, you play in your division, but you can play everybody. That's right. And then in addition to that, and this did get some publicity, the, the ability for the commissioner for baseball uh, to make rule changes. So you're going to see this in 2023 and a lot of discussion around uh, pitch clocks, a lot of discussion around shifts. Um, um, those things are, are, and it could be really impactful around uh, pace of play and, and, and infusing more action into our games and 
and, and moving games along at a, at a swifter pace, which is something that I, I think everybody would agree is, is a worthwhile uh, uh, effort. Dave St. Peter's our guest. So in essence, what that does is give him the power without having to go through negotiating it to say this is what's best for baseball and I'm going to make this decision. Is that in essence what he has now? Yeah, I, I think he has to give 45 days notice mm-hmm. um, for the 2023 season. So rest assured, the commissioner is going to try to work with players. He's going to work through the competition committee to to talk about these things and, and to try to implement them in, in a way that, 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 that has player input. But you know, I think these are these are things that all the polling shows, all the data from the minor league show where these things have been tested, that there's some meaningful benefit to these rules. And um, I think that uh, for baseball's uh, sake, uh, it's important that we, we try to be more progressive and look at these things. And change is hard. Change is hard at every level, but it's particularly hard in baseball, a sport that's so rooted in tradition. Yeah, it's funny. We had Jim Cott on earlier, and of course, you know Jim very, very well, and, and he has different views on different things, and he'd like to see a seven-inning game, or he'd like to see the, the ball dead and the bat dead, and then the advantage, you know, get the, to the pitchers, and you'd have a shorter game, et cetera. But do all the, how does it work, Dave? Are all those things in play all the time? Are, are they constant conversations with the commissioner? Or is it one of those things where you start it there, then you run it through the minor leagues, see how it plays out? How do you end up at a rule change? Well, I do think the minor leagues is, is a tremendous um, laboratory, so to speak, and it's one of the benefits of the of, of the new minor league system that we have that that falls uh, really as part of one baseball in partnership with Major League Baseball. You know, those ideas are always uh, being kicked around uh, at the ownership level inside of baseball with the competition committee, and that includes a lot of presidents or, or general managers and and owners. Uh, but but in addition to that, I, I think one of the things that will come of this will be more hopefully more collaboration and input from players. Um, there's a new committee that's going to be formed to study the international draft, as an example. And I'm really excited about that because for us to really move the game to where it needs to be moved, we need incremental alignment between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. We need a partnership. And for that to happen, you have to work together. You have to collaborate. You have to have give and take. And I think over time, um, I'm hoping this agreement allows for some some process that, that can help that relationship. And I think those committees are going to be part of the solution. We see Paul Molitor getting more active uh, with the Twins on the field, and he's you know he's gone to spring training or to minor league facilities last year. What's his role uh, going to continue to be? Because it looks like he's you know he's yeah. staying active with the players. Yeah, Paul's in Fort Myers as we speak. He's working with our minor leaguers again this year, and. Uh, you know, Paul wants to be part of our organization. He wants to impact young players. Um, you know, we know he has an impact. We we value him in so many ways. He had a tremendous session over the weekend with Rocco Baldelli and comparing notes and and and, and talking about ways that, that that we can maybe think about breaking through things around base running or things around uh, you know uh, you know watching pitchers who might tip pitches. Things of things that Paul Molitor was. Was a was a savant at so, um, you know Paul is a very uh, trusted figure within our organization. And to his credit, and to Derek Falvey's credit, I think they see the bigger picture here. And I'm just I couldn't be more thrilled to have Paul Molitor part of the Twins. He makes us better. Now, now obviously tonight, and I, I assume I, I can't remember what the, what what the exact time is. I'm sure Derek's on the phone as we speak. But but what's going to happen here, free agent wise, and what do you anticipate from the Twins? Well, well, the the moratorium, so to speak, was lifted at about, you know, uh, you know, shortly after, you know, about six o'clock central, I would guess. Yeah. 
So, you know, Derek, uh, Thad, Levine, our, our entire baseball operations group has been gathered in Fort Myers waiting for this day. Uh, they've been scenario planning uh, really for the last few months, getting ready to, 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 to hit the go button on a plan to, to go shore up this team. So, you know, obviously pitching is, a, is, is the primary focus, but it isn't the only focus. I think you'll see a – I know there's going to be a lot of contact made with, with, with agents around free agents, but also with other teams about potential trade fits. And, uh, you know, we have work to do. We, we've said that from the start. And, uh, you know, obviously I, our ownership has been great. And I think Derek feels he has the resources necessary to, to go out and, and, and put this team in a position where we can – we can uh, compete in the American League Central and hopefully be in a position to surprise some people and uh, and ultimately find ourselves competing for the postseason uh, come September. I mean, is this a situation where you think, like, by the weekend you'll have six new big league players, or <laughs> how fast and furious will this move? You know, Mike, possibly. You know, we've never been here before. You know, we've never experienced a, a window quite like we're in. I, I think it's going to be fascinating for, for, for fans. Uh um, I think there will be a flurry of activity. There's some big-name free agents still on the board. There's a lot of good players still on the board. Um, some teams are looking to cut payroll. Some teams are looking to spend. So, you know, it's going to be a really interesting dynamic, and certainly some of the new rules, uh, I think, uh, that, that have been approved in the CBT uh, are, are going to play a role as well. So, um, you know, I, what I like to say is buckle up. Uh, you know, it's going to be a fascinating time, and, I expect the Twins to be, uh, you know, in the center of it. And for people that are going to go down for spring training, you know, they already got their spring break planned, et cetera. They're always on there. So you just need to kind of pay attention to the schedule. Uh, but there'll be practices starting this weekend going yeah. forward and then and then a, a revised schedule coming soon. That's correct. And our minor leaguers are right there working yeah. out right now. So a lot of our top prospects are there. But I expect uh, most of our big leaguers to be in camp over the next couple of days, all of them by Sunday. Um, obviously, we're going to be adding to the roster per the recent uh, our, our, this conversation, but uh, and then games starting on March 18th, and we'll probably play generally about every other day at home. Um, uh, and then when we're playing on the road, we're going to be playing close over at uh, at Boston, which is also in Fort Myers, yeah. Tampa, probably in Port Charlotte, and Atlanta, and Northport. So, but our our complex, Mike, as you know, is wide open. Uh, it's very accessible for yeah. fans, and I, I would encourage fans to stop by. We look forward to seeing them there. Last question. I mean, you, you've seen some taxing business years here from where you sit because of the uncertainty of COVID and then the uncertainty of the, the labor uh, stoppage. What, what is it like at your offices today, just as you, you, know, you reconfigure the group packages and the season tickets? Today was a good day, Mike. You know, uh, you know, baseball people are, you know, they operate on clocks, right? And if you've been in the game for any length of time, you get to mid-February and you're ready to get going. So uh, for our po- folks, the starts and stops have been frustrating. Uh, but today was a good day. We get to protect the, the integrity of our schedule, so no changes to our schedule. We get a, the, the opening day to plan for on April 7th. Uh, we're, we're hopeful that our team is going to take shape in the next couple weeks, and, and we got tickets to sell. Uh, Single-game tickets will go on sale for the first time on March 17th, and, uh, and, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be in business, uh, particularly when you think about the last couple of years, COVID, no fans in 20, and then in 2021 we opened the season with limited fans. So, this is the first real traditional, normal home opener we will have had since uh, 2019. All right, one last so question. Then, oh, I just got one oh, last one that's purely uh, personal, professional. What's the access going to be like for the media now in this kind of post-COVID, kind of not era? Do you know? 
you know, Mike, I'm optimistic that it's going to take a significant step back towards 2019, which would mean more normal times. Um, we'll see more info in the days to come around any protocols, but uh, I think uh, we're heading in a direction that's going to provide a greater level of access to players, which I think is a good thing, not just for, for, for the industry and for media, but also for the players. For sure. David, it's good to talk to you. We're talking about something good. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch soon. All right, my friend. Be well. You too. Dave St. Peter, nice enough to join us. The Twins are back. So is Major League Baseball on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back. Sports to the Max. News Talk 830 WCCO. Minnesota Twins return to action April 7th right here on WCCO, the home opener. Yes, the Twins take on somebody. I don't know, but the important thing is they're, they're playing again. And, uh, and now the free agent frenzy begins. Is that going to be something like they've never seen? I just wonder. Everybody's got the template for the deals that they're going to offer. Everybody knows how much money. Everybody knows whoever it is that you can talk to, they've talked to. I don't know if you're allowed to talk to an agent or not, but they all know. And and, and, and they're within a certain parameter of what they think the, um, uh, the value is on that player. But I just wonder if somebody's going to upset that apple court. Carlos Correa is sitting out there, the shortstop for the Houston Astros. And... Um, they came into town uh, two years ago, beat the Twins in, in the playoffs. Remember that, that best of three during the COVID year? It was weird. You're over there, and it's, you know, there's nobody in the stands, and it's a playoff game. Zach Greinke's pitching. But I remember uh, uh, this Carlos Correa, um, I hadn't really watched that closely. And it's funny because I, I, know, I, I don't know a lot about what scouts look for. We're going to visit Craig Sarner, the NHL uh, uh, scout extraordinaire, for a long time uh, coming up in the next hour. But there are certain things that that just stand out to you. And when Carlos Correa walks out of the dugout and he's ready to either take infield or take hitting, you look at him and you say, that's the guy, man. That's the guy. I don't know who that is right there, but that's the guy. That's the, he, He's the one. He's the one that you build this thing around. And that's exactly the way he plays the game. Long and lean, and he's going to take it. There's a chance he could hit a home run to win the game. There's a chance he could uh, turn a double play to win the game. Um, he's going to make everybody around him better, but he's just, he's the guy. And when he walks out onto the field, you can see he's the guy. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, I mean, anybody would love to have him. I don't think the Twins would be in the bidding war for him, uh, but anybody would love to have that guy. Uh, because he just he just when when he, when he when he takes batting practice and you watch him he's not phased by anything and he's getting his work in but there's there's a confidence that transmits and then he goes down the line and you see him working on things and you see him when he, you know, when they're taking infield and and the ball just it, it explodes out of his hand when he needs to when he needs to make a play and. Um, you know, they beat the Twins at two straight that year. I don't know that he was the key to it, but you felt like he was going to beat you. That's what you felt like all the time because that's what he does for a team. I mean, you know, Nelson Cruz is liked it only somewhat limited because he's a designated hitter. You, you walk into the clubhouse, you go, that's the guy. Don't know who that is, but that, that's the one. That's the guy. That's the leader. That's the one everybody's looking at. And he's not saying a word, but that's the one he's look, everybody's looking at him. Now, Jack Morris, when he was pitching, he, he walked out into the field. You go, there's the guy, man. There's the ace. I'm not sure who that is, but I know he's the ace. Because from the time he puts his hat on and walks out, I can see he is the ace, man. I can see that he is all business. I can see that he's setting the tone for this staff. That was Jackson, man. 
When we come back, Craig Sarner, quite a day of high school hockey. Uh, It's including a five-goal performance. So how how do you rate these players, and how do you begin to break them down, and do the Gophers have a chance? Uh, Craig watches it all. He's like Terry Kunze, only hockey. We'll talk to him about it when we come back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.